All right, well, hey, folks, uh, back to John chapter 5, Razzle Dazzle part 2. Um, last week, we learned about a kind of camouflage that's used when you can't hide something at all. So you have to just, like, make it weird and discombobulating in order to throw people off track. It's called um, high difference camouflage or disruptive camouflage or the best name for it by far, Razzle Dazzle. Um, in World War One, when there was no real way to hide ships at sea and uh, German U-boats were sinking them left and right, man, they used Razzle Dazzle uh, to like scramble and confuse and it worked. Uh, one US Navy captain said that his fleet looked like a flock of seagoing Easter eggs. Um, as we also saw last week, our enemy has kind of a similar approach. Uh, Jesus was direct and clear. And Christianity, by the way, is the largest religion in the world. There, there is no hiding Jesus from us. So instead, he razzle-dazzles us, um, trying to confuse and, and distract and complicate and distort so that we miss the obvious. Um, so, starting at about verse 19 of this chapter, uh, Jesus gives a long teaching, and in it, he just, he just keeps listing these incredible truths about himself. Um, and he's so clear about all of it, and in, in a way, it's kind of a forceful move. Um, here's how. Um, he makes such huge and, like, far-reaching statements about himself that you have to do something about it. You have to deal with what he said. It like it cannot be ignored. Um, so, like for example, um, if your spouse if your spouse approaches you and says, um, "Hey, there's a couple drinks in the fridge. If you want one," or something completely mundane like that, um, then that could be true or untrue or whatever. But it doesn't matter uh, either way. You won't think twice about it. Um, there's no need to go investigate. Uh, but if your spouse says, hey, I just burnt down the neighbor's house, or, or we won the lottery, or I'm actually your first cousin, or like, I can't wait to see what the Kardashians do next, or any other kind of ridiculous claim like that, you can't just say, yeah, sure, honey, and then keep watching the game. Like, you, you have to look into it. Um, and... That's what Jesus does in John 5. Uh, the, these are technicolor statements. They can't be ignored. They cannot be hidden. You have to contend with what he said. So um, I'm, I'm going to run through uh, some of the statements Jesus plainly makes about himself in these verses. Um, and I, I hope you'll study the chapter later today. There's a, there's a list of these statements in our sermon notes um, uh, along with the verses that they're pulled from. Um, and as I run through the list, <laughs> I want you to try to imagine someone saying these words to you, like, like another human being, seemingly normal, making these statements, claiming them as facts, all right? So like, put yourself in the story, okay? Here's what... Jesus said, um, um, among other things, here in John chapter 5, he says, I'm the Son of God. God is, is my Father. He says, 
uh, he and I, we have a direct partnership. He tells me to do everything that I do. Uh, he also says, I've done some miracles. I'm gonna do a whole lot more and then you'll be really amazed. Like you'll just be astonished. Can you imagine someone saying these things to you? And then they get really intense. Uh, continuing on, he says, I give life to whoever I want and the power of life itself is all mine. Can you imagine if somebody said that to you? He also says, I have absolute and final authority to judge everybody and I will, no exceptions. He also says, if you don't honor me, you can't honor God. He says, if you believe what I say, you'll live forever. And if you don't, then you won't. <laughs> and he also says, plainly, imagine somebody saying these words to you. He says, I'm going to call all of the dead people out of their graves and give eternal life to some of them and judgment to others. He also says, by the way, I'm greater than John the Baptist, which is, which is like the greatest thing you could be. I'm greater than that guy. He also says the whole Old Testament, which was their scriptures in full, is actually all about me. The whole thing is about me. Here's the thing. You, you can't just run past those statements. Um, you can't. It, it's, it's back to the old C.S. Lewis argument. If you remember, um, if somebody says all of that stuff, you, you can't just dismiss them. Like... You have to decide, is this person speaking to me who's making these claims, is this person a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord of absolutely everything? Because logically, he has to be one of those three things. If, if somebody says all that stuff, all those wild statements, as a citizen of earth, it is your duty to try to stop that madman or to surrender everything completely to him forever. And this, I mean, this is clear. I, I, and I think beyond dispute. Um, but a lot of people, frankly, get razzle-dazzled. Um, thing is, you can't possibly hide something so blatant as Jesus's words here in this chapter. So the enemy obscures it, waters it down, like sands off all the, rough, all the rough edges and distracts us from the offensive bits that demand a dramatic response from us. To that I say, listen, don't get razzle dazzled. Jesus said these things. He, he didn't not say these things. And now he's the leader of the largest and most powerful religion in human history. So, that means we are forced in a corner. He's either a lying maniac who must be stopped somehow, or you should surrender every ounce of your everything to him forever and nothing in between makes any sense at all. Uh, remember Jesus' words to Peter, who do you say that I am? And remember that the answer means everything. The answer will push you logically into one extreme or another. It makes no sense to be lukewarm about Jesus, to think that he's fine, you know, or just a good teacher or a helpful voice in our lives or hearts or spirits. It makes no sense to be a fan of Jesus. What he said means that he has to be Lord of every part of, of your life or that he must be condemned as a liar or a madman. To, to be pro-Jesus 
um, but not have him rule your every day and shape your every priority is just full on babbling, irrational nonsense. And it's also um, extremely common to be in that place. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, if you're a Christian, you know all of that. Um, there's, a, there's a good chance you've heard the liar, lunatic, or Lord bit before, and you know that the logic works, works out. And um, of course, as a Christian, you agree. Um, and yet, there's a good chance that even as a Christian, he isn't ruling your every day and shaping your every priority. There's a good chance that you're not fully surrendered to him, even though you know it's the only logical place to be. So like, like what gives? Um, well, listen, if, if that's you, then you've been razzle-dazzled. Um, it's, it's your enemy's way of distorting and confusing to obscure the obvious. For example, um, he, just, he just can't convince you that daily time in prayer and scripture isn't a great thing. He can't do it. It's too obvious. We, we all know it. But he can razzle-dazzle you into deciding that it's not the most important thing today. And then the next day, and then the next, and then eventually the most obvious and most important part of walking with Jesus becomes an afterthought. And then, and then it's out of view. And, and then before you know it, Jesus is off in the background. And, and you're in that nonsensical position of having Jesus on the fringe and not at the center. Um, he, he can't convince you uh, that it's a bad idea to be generous. All right? we, we all know, okay? But he can distract you to the point that like today never seems like the day to start. He, he cannot convince you um, that, that you shouldn't go love your neighbors. Uh, Jesus said it over and over again. The whole thing boils down to love of God and love of neighbor. It's too obvious. He can't, but, but he can get you um, to put it off because I, tomorrow will probably be a better day, and today, for the thousandth day in a row, is just so, so busy. And guys, just I mean, on and on, we could go with the examples. And then, little by little, your life doesn't align with your own deeply held beliefs. And then, one day, <laughs> hopefully today, you, you snap out of it and, and, and you look around and you see that you're not following Jesus the way you intend. You see that you got razzle-dazzled like so many people do. And then you have the opportunity to reset, to realign, to, to reprioritize your life by remembering what Jesus said about himself. What you likely already believe, but have somehow along the way lost sight of. Um, again, Jesus said, I'm the son of God. I give life to whoever I want. The power of life itself is all mine. I have absolute and final authority to judge everybody and I will, no exceptions. 
Um, he says, if you don't honor me, you can't honor God. If you believe what I say, you'll live forever. And if you don't, you won't. He says, I am going to call all of the dead people out of their graves and give eternal life to some and judgment to others. These are massive, far-reaching statements. These are the words of our Savior. Words that you probably believe to be true. Words that are so strong that logically they must shape the entire lives of anyone who believes them. So, the, the challenge is this. Are they shaping your life? Or did you get razzle-dazzled? And if you've been razzle-dazzled, I, I have a couple of suggestions, okay? First, um, go to Jesus and say, I know you're the Lord of all and the center of everything, but I've been treating you like an accessory and I'm sorry. Um, so in other words, repent. And second, go tell somebody, like as soon as possible, go tell somebody that you love and trust. Look them in the eye and say, man, I got razzle-dazzled, all right? And if they don't go to our church, they will be very confused. So explain what you mean by that. Um, and then finish telling them. Um, in other words, by that, um, confess. And number three, and please don't, please don't run past this one. Number three is this, get in a core group, get in a core group, get in a core group. Um, there are very small groups, three to five people, same gender, uh, the very simple format, and they are designed around living out the parts of our faith that are most important and most often other, overlooked. Um, so to put it a different way, um, they are designed to help people not get razzle-dazzled. Guys, Jesus is who he says he is. Life is in his hands. He is the judge of all. He is the savior of all time. If we believe that's true, then let's live like we believe that's true. Amen.